0: Welcome to the Experiment Podcast, where we talk about life and business and how they daily intersect. I'm your host, Laura Doughty. Let's get to some real talk. Well, happy Saturday, everybody. I don't know if you're out running around doing deals or if this is a self-care Saturday. Mine is a little bit of both. I have done my errands and I'm sitting here with my in-your-face skincare on my face. <laughs> from Denise Duff. And I am going to share with you today something that has been on my heart for quite a while. And it has to do with pulling back the veil of what is going on behind the scenes in the real estate business. If you're an agent, you need to listen up. If you're a buyer and seller, you definitely need to listen up. So I'm going to start with something that may not make sense to you. And that (laughs) is... Is as I was growing up in our house that was built in 1894, it is a 5,000 square foot house on two acres. And as you can imagine being built in the Victorian age, it has a lot of intricate details. And when I grew up, my father was a youth pastor, my mother was a school teacher. So we were limited on our financial situation until my dad's business took off. And I'm actually grateful for that because I had the opportunity to learn the discipline of chores. So we were, of course, rewarded financially for our chores, but we were also disciplined in understanding that nothing could happen on a Saturday unless our chores were done. And you know, my sister and I, we both had our own assignments of certain areas. And if you go to thegrandhome.com, you will see the very, very intricate detail of the stairs. And they were, it was actually carved by a steam press. So it's just, it's a beautiful piece of architecture and artwork. Okay, side note, I have my Daisy Grace sitting here next to me. So if you hear some grinding noise in the background, it's because I cannot get her to let go of this bone that she found in the ocean. It's one of those little Nyla bones. Anyway, so I apologize. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> so, so, of course, we had to do our chores on Saturday and... Of course, all, one of those chores was always making up your bed. Now, what does this have to do with self-care? What does this have to do with the real estate business? Well, of course, I'm going to share with you. I learned the importance of order and systems and removing chaos as, you know, annoyed as I was that I had to do the chores. There was also a great satisfaction once I was done. I was definitely happy to have the cleanliness of the environment that I was able to enjoy, but even more so, I was proud of myself for getting it accomplished, and things just felt more orderly. And I, of course, didn't think those thoughts in my head at the time, I was too young, but it was just a sense of knowing. And there is actually studies out there about people that make their bed. There are massive mental benefits, and interestingly enough, (laughs) it's actually split between, you know, if we took the United States, it would be broken up in this manner. So about 70%, according to the National Sleep Foundation, who did a bedroom poll, this is for real, about 70% of Americans actually make their bed. So you know, if you're listening to this, whether you're on that 30% side that doesn't or the 70% side that does. And I'm gonna be completely transparent here because this is about pulling back the veil. I give myself one day a week to not make my bed because I have a slight rebellious spirit (laughs) and that checks that box so that I don't feel like, you know, anyway, I keep that little spirit of mine in check by... Allowing myself one day to just be crazy and wild and not make up my bed. And the other thing that's kind of interesting and I think is kind of funny, having lived on the East Coast and over 20 plus years in California, the study shows that the people living in the West and Midwest are the least... Likely to make their beds, while those residing in the south and the northeast are more inclined to take on that daily task, with those on the east coast doing so at a rate of around 80%. And this is kind of why I think this is this way. This is Lala's little, there's nothing here that tells this information, just so you know, but I think because that is where we settled first coming from England and Great Britain and whatever. And those people that came over had way more structure and formality. And, you know, it's the old school money and all of that jazz. And there's just so much more ritual and formality in how they live their life. And I think as we moved west, those of us, and quite honestly, my great grandfather was one of those that did travel west in that era that was seeking out gold. So I can understand, and I think that's why I'm here. I have a little bit of a resistance sometimes to that sense of formality. Uh, It also says here that those over 40 and those living with a romantic partner, married or not, are more likely to tidy up the bed before moving on with the rest of their day. So I'm grateful for my mom for having to do the chores. I don't know about you. I would love to hear if you kind of had those rituals, if you were given quarters, dollars, $5, $20, whatever it was based on when you grew up. But another point in bringing up what goes on behind closed doors, what goes on behind the veil when it comes to business. If you are someone that has that habitual routine of creating order in your life, then behind the veil, the systems, the foundation, how you operate your business is innately going to be more orderly. And having coached over a thousand clients over the past five years, so it's it's a lot of people in a short amount of time, I have really started to see a pattern of what is going on in the real estate business. So I'm gonna park. The conversation about making beds and household chores. And now I'm going to move into the business side of things. So whether you're a buyer or seller or an agent, let's talk about the money First, because from a buyer and seller's perspective, it's a large investment for them. For the agent, it is their livelihood and has a great deal to do with if they're orderly or not, the level of production that they're able to do. The other piece that for an, from an agent's perspective that you need to pay attention to is in every state in the United States, you are required to hang your license with a broker. And this industry has of course, gone through many changes and especially through COVID. It's had a massive kind of flip on how brokers are having to survive. And that's the truth. It is a business for them. The traditional model of how they have been operating, literally some of them are falling into the abyss because of the cracks of how that system no longer works. As an agent, for example, if your total volume for the year, and I'm going to be giving you numbers based on a commission rate of 2.5%. 2.5%. I know on the East Coast, it fluctuates a little bit higher and there are some places that go a little bit lower. So I felt like the 2.5% was kind of a, a midway for whatever your commission rate is. So at 5 million total sales volume for an agent at 90 percent split, that means that your broker gets 10 and you get 90, you're going to be paying your broker $12,500. That's amazing. That's a great deal. Now, there's not a lot of agents that are at $5 million able to get a 90-10 split. So let's move that down. I know there's some that are lower, but I'm going to again, try to stay a little more general. Let's say that you do a $5 million volume and you're at an 80 20 split. So this is where it starts to get a little more interesting. You are paying your broker $75,000. That's a lot. That's a really good assistant, like a very efficient, well-paid assistant. Now let's bump it up a little bit. At 20 million total sales volume at a 90-10 split, you're paying the broker $50,000. Again, That's a good assistant, 40 hours a week, 50 weeks out of the year salary. If you're at an 80% split at 20 million sales volume, you're paying your broker $100,000. Okay, so I'm going to just focus on the brokers for just a little bit and then I'm going to Go back to this importance of making up your bed and and talk about the agents and go from there. So for a broker to receive from twelve thousand up to a hundred thousand dollars, the twelve thousand five hundred dollars at a five million ninety percent split, I don't think that the, if there's anybody out there that's doing that. But let's just say paying a broker twelve and a half, you know, hundred dollars, twelve point five that is like highway robbery from the agent. (laughs) I can tell you that as a broker, it it wouldn't even pay the rent for more than, you know, two months at our location in Malibu. And that's a great deal. And that's why there's probably no one getting that because you just can't survive. A broker could not survive off of that. There's E&O insurance. There's all of these things, depending on how you're set up. But at $75,000, I can make that work as a broker. And I know what I offer my agents, and I also know from having coached as many people as I have, at $75,000, I am 100% without zero doubt, very clear about the fact there is not one broker out there. Let's just give them $5,000 for E&O insurance, and I don't know, just the fact that you can hang your license there, okay? At $70,000, you do not have someone supporting you and providing you marketing or admin or anything on a 40 hour week basis and you don't have them doing that at a 20 hour a week basis. Forget the 50,000 and the 100,000 if you're at, you know, 20 million sales volume, let's just stick around this price point here of 70,000. As an agent, if you're hearing this and it's not making you go, "Huh. I never really thought about it like that." Then you might as well just turn this podcast off and stop listening because Honestly, you're so asleep and unaware of business that I wish you the best. But if you're hearing this and you're going, huh, then you're the person that I wanna talk to. And the reason I wanna talk to you is because in this day, if this is how your broker is conducting business, and when you put in a marketing request for a postcard or a logo or a flyer, and it takes you more Then 24 hours turnaround, you need to start knocking on the door of another broker. And that's the truth because there is no reason why someone that is receiving $75,000 a year, sorry, back that up, $70,000 because I'm giving them five for being a broker and their E&O insurance, that they cannot afford to make sure that your business is running on an efficient, manner because for you as an agent, you're running around being the rainmaker, trying to get all of the business coming into you. And the last thing you need is for the person that's making $70,000 to tell you, I'm sorry, it's going to be a week before I can turn it around. I've even had agents tell me it took them a month to get a logo. So there's a lot of brokers that are not making their bed at home and coming into their office and passing on that dysfunction to their agents. And because they feel in an authoritative position, because as an agent, you know, you have to hang your license there, they're getting away with theft. And the only person letting them get away with it is you, the agent or agents. So from the other side of it, when it comes to the buyers and sellers, that should matter to you. Because if there's a broker out there that's taking money from an agent, and they're not providing a service, I guarantee you they're not providing you as a buyer or seller any service either. Now I wanna switch a little bit to focusing on the agents. So I hope for you as agents that you are thinking more clearly from a business mindset. Please don't get caught up in, oh, well, this broker, I like their brand and blah, blah, blah. When clients are polled, the last thing they remember about their agent is who their broker is. And that is according to the National Association of Realtors. So who you are and how you represent yourself as an agent is what the client cares about. Now, agents, I've pretty much kind of made it clear that the likelihood of you finding a broker that has systems in place that is going to support you at a high level, you know, as if you were had the ability to pay $70,000 a year to an assistant to support you anywhere from 20 to 40 hours a week. That's not available to you. You're not going to find it. It's not out there. And it's not out there because you as agents aren't requiring it. But That now leaves you in a position of not having that available. And then the question to you is, are you as an agent, the kind of agent that makes up their bed, not only at home, but in their business? Because you as an independent contractor are running a business. And 9.5 times out of 10 of the thousand agents that I've worked with, they all have utter chaos. I won't go some. Yeah, no, I will. A good 20 to 30% are just full on dysfunction and there are no systems. And if there are systems in place, they don't follow them. So I'm pulling back the veil on the brokers and I'm pulling back the veil on the agents. Everybody in this situation needs to really think about the importance of making up your bed at home It starts from the minute you crawl out of bed and how you handle the order in your life. And I'm not sitting here shaking my finger, you guys. I promise you, I coach agents and you cannot find one agent that I've ever coached that would not tell you she was there for me within 30 minutes minimum of the call or she responded immediately and she cares as much about my business and sometimes more than the agent does. So, I will never ever ever forget what it was like to be that brand new agent at Harry Norman Realtors sitting in the the green room because we were greenies. We were all green, 10 of us to real estate and I hated it. I hated not knowing. I hated the unknown of that entire situation and I was so proud of myself when we moved, you know, up into the cubicles and then into the private offices. So, I won't ever forget that feeling and I support my agents to the best of my ability with the systems that I know that work over and over and over and over again. So if you are a buyer and seller out there and you are interviewing an agent, I promise you as much as you want to think that it's about the volume that they do, it's really about if you were to walk into a nice restaurant, you know that if a chef has a Michelin star rating, you are so clear about the fact that their systems, how they operate their business in the back of the house is on point. Zero exception to that. That's why there's one, two, three, four, five star Michelin chefs. It's because there is a variation of how orderly and efficient and brilliant these chefs are at what they do. So ask that agent, show me your process from A to Z of what you're going to do for me. Let me see the forms that you have. Let me see the back of the house systems. I've recently been approached by a couple of firms who wanted me to come work with them. And the first thing that I said was, thank you so much. (laughs) I'm honored. And can I just see how things run? What happens when a listing agreement comes in? What happens when a call comes in for someone who wants to set up a listing appointment? What is your process? And because of having a very clear behind the veil view of how they operate I said, thank you, but no. And that's for me. I'm not passing judgment. They're extremely successful, but a house made of cards always falls. It looks amazing when it's sitting there, but it takes one move, (laughs) one little brush of someone's breath and that house of cards falls. So it's not a matter of whether the house of cards that you've set up there and looks amazing isn't amazing. It's just a matter of, How solid is it? What is their foundation built on? I have had experiences with agents where their bite sized media clip moments of their business sound great, but they do not share what actually happened. And that's between them and themselves, but... I know there are agents out there that behind the veil, it's just a disaster. Again, I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying that because we've created this culture within our realtor, real estate environment, you know, the real deal, all of these other publications that make money off of promoting these headlines that are hyped up but they don't share the truth of what actually happened because that is not as sexy, that is not as print worthy, but as a buyer and seller, I assure you, you want to know that information. And the only way you're going to know it is by asking, show me, you know, Tom Cruise, show me the money, show me the trail of how you're really, don't give me a bunch of like hoo-ha and a piece of paper or, you know, send me a video clip or show me how your business operates. And the ones that have their systems in place will have zero problem doing it. They really won't. They'll be so proud of themselves and, you know, they'll be shocked that you ask, but they will be so happy to share because it's just like me, as much as I dreaded doing those chores, I was so proud of myself when I was done. So let me round this out to confirm for you all the importance of getting organized and the benefits Of it. Clearly, from a mental health perspective, as I said, like even for me doing my chores, you have a feeling of accomplishment. It just gives you a sense of calm. You are going to have better sleep. It immediately sets the tone for enhanced organization. It also helps to improve your focus and you feel more relaxed, which, of course, in turn is going to reduce your stress and there is a solid body of evidence showing that there's a clear link between living and working in an organized clutter free environment and having improved focus goal-setting skills productivity and as I said lowering your levels of stress in essence the assumption is that a tidy house or workspace or business <laughs> makes for a tidy house mind. And those with a messier house, especially the extreme of the hoarding, are known to have poor executive function and more issues with emotional regulation, stress, and mental health. So I can assure you that if you're saying to yourself, oh, I don't really know if this is applying to me or not. If your emotional state from day to day goes up and down, up and down, up and down, then you're the one that more than likely, maybe you do make your bed, but you do have a messier business function going on. And last but not least, those that have that sense of order and structure and start from the very beginning of the day are, as I said, more tidy and organized and tend to have a better impulse control and are more conscientious orderly, and goal-oriented. And that better impulse control is a major, major player when it comes to contracts and dealing with clients. Because as a buyer or seller, and even as a new agent, every single contract is different. The layout of the contract, the words in the contract only change as we update them, but the house is gonna be different, the things that are going on with the house are different. The clients, the seller, the buyer, and all of their family members that are gonna be contributing. Every single transaction is a brand new experience for every single agent. I don't care if they're at the top of the heap of nine, 10 billion, or just getting started. Every single transaction is brand new to that agent. So thank you all for taking the time (laughs) to talk about on this self-care Saturday. Are you taking care of yourself? Are you taking care of the mundane things? The money is in the mundane. And if you need help with this, I am happy to give you some of my processes for free. Just absolutely reach out. I have happily made a decision through a relationship that I've had for coming up on three years now. And Monarch has partnered with an amazing company so that we can grow globally. I already have five new agents coming on board from Chicago, Dallas, North Carolina, South Carolina, and I could not be more excited to move forward. And I promise you... (laughs) my systems are so tight and i don't say that in an arrogant way i say it say it with so much pride and so much joy because it is something that all the way back i can't even remember what year it was it doesn't even 91 i think some of y'all weren't even born yet i was working as the gift shop manager at cracker barrel And Paul, the restaurant manager, came over, (laughs) sorry, came over and told me bottom line, you need to step it up. And I was so mad. I was so annoyed. And the reason I was so mad and so annoyed was because I'm very efficient naturally. It's just I get it from my mom and my and my dad, but mostly from my mom. And the reason I was mad was because he was correct. I was kind of sitting back, playing a you know the cushy role. I'd gotten into a groove, and yeah. So to this day, if you go to Cracker Barrel and you happen to see a porch sale ding, 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 ding. That was me. I'm the one that started the Cracker Barrel porch sales because he pissed me off so bad that I came up with an idea to help increase sales on a regular basis and create a little bit of interest because at the time that store was in Hilton Head, South Carolina, and it was literally on, it's not on Hilton Head anymore. But you know, we just needed to drum up more business, not only for the gift shop side, but also for the restaurant side. And it was like, having a yard sale, you know, once a Saturday in Hilton Head, and people just freaking loved it. It's not always bad when, like I'm doing right now, when somebody kind of points out something that you don't really want to look at, it's a little quick kick in the rear to say, pony up, you can do better. And I'm so grateful for Paul for doing that. And I laugh wholeheartedly, a complete belly laugh, I won't do it here, because I can think back at how so annoyed I was at <laughs> <laughs> Just the rebelliousness of my former self. Uh, but you know, you, you don't get to where I am today without having gone through that. And that's what I'm talking about. Pull the veil back. Stop the complete BS and the facade of my life is great. Everything's working out. No, it's not. Tell the minutiae, the the dog poo that you stepped in today that just completely derailed your life. Like share that. Be authentic because without sharing those peaks and valleys, especially the valley points, the peaks, first of all, don't have much merit. And secondly, it's really hard for someone to celebrate you when all you do is talk about how great everything is. So by sharing and being honest and open with the things that you're learning, the things that you need to improve, people are so more likely to be endeared by you and want to help support you and definitely want to cheer you on. So quick side note here, i do a pageant every year in Kentucky, in Western Kentucky. It's called the Purchase District Pageant. You can go to the PurchaseDistrictPageant.com. It's coming up on May 7th. And I do that because growing up, I had to wear glasses. I never was a pageant girl. I wish I would have been a pageant girl, but I tried out five years in a row to be a cheerleader. And that those last two years that I was varsity cheerleader were the best two years of my life up to that point. And still I can look back and just go major, major, major crowning moment. And that's why I do this pageant, because I want to give these girls an opportunity to stand on stage, be massively uncomfortable and push themselves to really be their best self and I can tell you in this day and age of social media, I get it why you may not want to share that kind of valley part of your life because there are so many people that sit in their really sad life and point fingers at a lot of people. And all you have to do is remind them that there are four fingers pointing back at them or just delete and release. I tell my girls all the time, you cannot be on the mountaintop and not expect to have people trying to pull you down. Just bless and release, delete the comment and move on and keep sharpening your own self. So agents, there's a better way. There are better options. If you want to come work with me, I will Keep your iron sharpened and I will be there for you at a moment's notice or text and you will not have to pay me $75,000. You won't even have to pay me $50,000. You can Come work with me at Monarch and our team for $25,000. That's the truth. Everything else is taken care for you. Your E&O is included in all of that. So if you're interested, you can go to monarchrealestateconcierge.com. Just click the button that says join team Monarch. And I would love to have a conversation with you. And thank you all so much. Have a beautiful weekend. And if there's anything I can help you with, as I said before, please don't hesitate to reach out. Go out there. Be awesome and really make a difference and try to keep the veil pulled back so people can see the truth of who you are and how amazing you are. Be well. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Experiment Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at lauradoughty underscore L-E for live. Excellent. Go make a difference, y'all. The world needs you.